I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Let's jump right into a Monday Mindset Minute today, talking about time. I really wanted to focus on time today as we head into this holiday season. It's December 4th, so we have about 21 days left in the month, and we're jumping into a holiday season. Lots of folks have a hard time with that, and so you know, looking at time being precious and how to manage your time can really help with shifting your focus from rejection and abandonment towards what's meaningful, what matters in life. So let's just look at time being precious. Do you agree with that or do you disagree and why? Let's take a moment. Well, I believe that time is considered precious for several reasons. First one is that it's, it's a finite resource. There's a fixed amount of time available to each individual, and once it's gone, it can't be recovered. Unlike other resources that may be replenished or renewed, remember that time is irreversible. We also have to think about the opportunity cost. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before, but that's when every moment spent on one activity is a moment not spent on another activity. So we have to think, if we spend all our time on one task, like, you know, looking for signs that our person is leaving us or looking for signs that our family doesn't actually want us at the holiday events, well, then all of that time is going to forego other potential activities like going skiing with family or, or going snow tubing or spending time playing a game with somebody that you do love and you do care about and you want to connect with. If you can understand the opportunity cost of time, it really will place emphasis on time's precious nature and what really matters. Another reason time's precious is because it's irreplaceable. We can't reverse time, like I said a moment ago. So unlike material possessions, money, or other resources, time cannot be replaced or bought. Once it's spent, it's gone forever. So this irreplaceability adds to its inherent value. So if you do spend that time focused on the negative, what's going wrong, how awful you feel like you are, imagine all of the other things that you are missing. Time spent with children who are growing quickly. Time spent with family members who do love you and do care about you and they show up for you even though sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Life is uncertain and so because of that, if an unforeseen event or circumstance arises and we've lost that time because we're shifting our, we've shifted our focus to rejection and abandonment, we can't get it back. Good time management and understanding that time has a linear trajectory, it's just essential for setting and achieving personal goals as well. Whether you're pursuing recovery or education or you're building a career or you're trying to nurture a relationship, time plays such a critical role in realizing these aspirations. And it also gives you a better quality of life if you know that time is precious and you take that into consideration. Maybe you ask yourself why. Well, It contributes to, you know, time managed with physical health and mental well-being. If you have good time management skills, you're going to be overall more in control. You're going to feel more in control of your life, and you're going to be more happy. Content is a better word, right? 
You can prioritize time for self-care, relaxation, and also meaningful experiences because those are so crucial for creating a, a fulfilling life. So remember, the preciousness of time is deeply rooted in the fact that it is finite and the fact that you have to think about opportunity cost. Because if you can recognize the value of time, it would encourage you to prioritize your activities, set meaningful goals, and make the most of the moments that you have. One of the biggest reasons why this is so impactful to me personally in recovery is because I would think about whether or not the interactions that I would have with the people that I loved before I would leave them again were things that I was proud of. In the beginning of the podcast, if you remember, I would ask myself and Jay whether or not the love that I was showing towards him or towards my son looked like love. Does your love look like love? And what does that mean? Well, how do I define love? Am I saying that I love a person and also trying to manipulate them into giving me what I want? Am I taking into consideration their thoughts, feelings, and experiences? Have I considered maybe what their perspective is and then accepted that versus trying to change that? Remember, the BPD brain is going to vacillate between intense avoidance of conflict and then intense conflict, right? So there's quiet BPD and then right more uh, traditional or expressive BPD. And when you go vacillating back and forth between those two modes, you just put yourself in a position where you're not really prioritizing time, you're not prioritizing relationships, you're really just focused on you, you, you. So your love can't look like love unless your definition of love is selfish. And perhaps that is your definition of love. If that's the case, then this podcast does not apply to you. However, I will say that what I have come to find is that love requires self-sacrifice. I don't know if you guys have read Gary Chapman. He talks about the five love languages. Um, he is somebody who says love is sacrificial. Within my spiritual beliefs, love is sacrificial. Love is an action. Love is an action. It's not just a word or a feeling, right? It can be. But most importantly, if I love someone, I have to actively choose to think of them and to give up what I think I deserve so that they can have an opportunity to have emotional space, to be able to come close to me in a relationship. And I had to really think about that before the relationship ended, meaning not ended entirely, meaning let's say like Jay had to go to work or my son had to go to school. I had to think, is, are you proud of this interaction? If this is the last interaction that you'll ever have with this person, because remember, time is precious, time is finite, time is irreplaceable. Are you proud of that? Are you okay with it? Is that what you want for yourself, for that relationship, for your life? And oftentimes in that BPD brain, even though I didn't like the way it felt to be uncomfortable and to recognize that something bad could happen, number one, I did not like that. I did not like the fact that something bad could happen, of course, because I was focused on people not leaving me. So that would only contribute to the pain that I felt of why there was bad things that happened in the world at the time. And then... I didn't like to admit it, but I did, and I was able to start to refocus. It wasn't always perfect, 
But in recognizing the value of time that I only had a limited amount of time with the people that I loved before they had to leave and go to work and that I don't have control over unforeseen events and circumstances in my life, I was able to actually take back control by asking myself, does your love look like love? And if this is the last interaction you will ever have with this individual, because there are things in life that you cannot control, are you okay with it? And so those things really began to bring into my awareness the things that I was doing that weren't sacrificial, that would be wasting time. I can't tell you how many hours I have wasted in my life focusing on the wrong things. I remember I I talked to you guys about being in a residential treatment facility multiple times. Think about all the time I wasted in that facility. And you might think, well, it's not a waste of time. Well, I mean, today in this moment, yes, I can say that it was because I could have been out doing life things, exploring my identity. But instead, I was focused on my pain and I was focused on someone rescuing me. Now, that's neither here nor there. I'm just giving you examples about kind of what time is and and how to shift your focus so that you don't miss life as it kind of goes along. I was really big on not taking pictures when LJ was really little. And that unfortunately put me in a position where I don't have many pictures of he and I because I was focused on what I looked like and not focused on my relationship with him. So again, define love and ask yourself how you can honor the precious nature of time. Now, people who I talk to about time management, they have a fear, and their fear is that time management will actually cause them to be a slave to a schedule, and they don't like to have a schedule because it feels rigid and it feels like ah, just uncomfortable, right? But some key points to, to consider here is that a schedule will help you, and better time management in general will help you be more flexible, more adaptable, have more balance. It will f- help you focus on your priorities, and it can help you focus on having purpose. Having purpose is something that's so key and valuable in recovery. So today, let's just focus on having better time management. The first thing that I want you to do is prioritize your tasks. Identify the things that you have that are most important and time-sensitive and focus on high-priority tasks first before addressing less critical ones. If you're having a difficult time with this, elicit help from someone in your life that you trust so that they can go through the goals together because I know sometimes in the BPD brain there can be a lot of intrusive thoughts and it's hard to figure out what to focus on. In addition... Step two is that you can set SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T. You want your goals to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound so that you can have a clear framework for your tasks. Break down a larger goal into smaller, actionable steps so that it's more manageable for you. Lots of folks have issues with ADD, ADHD, executive functioning. And so if you have a huge goal, I mean, the procrastination there is going to be big because getting started on that goal is going to be difficult. So if you take time, and again, if you need some help, definitely reach out to someone you trust and ask. Ask them to help you break it up into smaller, actionable steps. 
Assign a deadline to each task so you can create your own sense of urgency that helps you stay on track. The third thing that you can do is use time blocking. Schedule breaks and downtime in your day in specific blocks of time so that you can allocate such and such amount of time to a different activity or task. Let's say today is laundry day. Allocate a specific block of time to laundry so that you can prevent multitasking and focus on one task at a time, therefore bringing a feeling of control, calm, and contentment to that chaos that's going on in your mind. The fourth thing that I want you to do is try to eliminate time wasters. What activities do you do that waste time and that take away from the goals that you have in your life? Is it too much time on social, social media? Stalking your ex, stalking your person, trying to figure out who they like, who they're into, living someone else's life? Is it an unnecessary meeting, an unproductive habit? Is it scrolling through social media or playing some game on your phone that really decreases your quality of life, if you're honest? Consider using apps or tools that track your screen time to help you understand where all your time is going. And then fifth, learn to say no. That's really tough, and we can talk more about that in future episodes, but you really want to be realistic about your time constraints and avoid overcommitting. If you can say no to tasks or activities that you don't really want to do so you don't build resentment in relationships and that they don't align with your priorities and goals, then that can really help you feel like, again, you have a sense of control over your life. And for you to focus on what truly matters because, again, time is precious. And before I wrap up for today, I just want you to know that you can use technology wisely by leveraging productivity tools, apps, and calendars to organize and schedule tasks. Don't shy away from doing that. Set reminders for deadlines and appointments in an app. You can also adopt time management techniques Have you ever heard of the Pomodoro technique? I've talked about that in previous episodes. This involves working in focused intervals, so 25 minutes at a time, for example, followed by short breaks. You can complete one Pomodoro round this way and really hone in on getting done what you need to get done. Remember that effective time management is a skill that requires practice and continuous improvement. So don't think just because I'm talking about this and you set a schedule that you're going to have a perfect week. Just remember to allow yourself grace to make mistakes as you reorient yourself towards what's most important in your life. Experiment with different strategies and be willing to be open-minded to assess what works best for you and to make some adjustments as needed. Remember our moral compass value of self-discipline. This is key to be consistent because consistency and self-discipline are key elements in mastering time management. All right, everybody. So um, hopefully you are inspired on this Monday morning, December 4th, to consider whether or not you're focused on the right things, on hope and positivity and love in recovery because time is finite. So this month, Really try to make the most of the time that you have. Are you tired of feeling frustrated, resentful, or disconnected from your family, friends, and partner? Thrive 
Mind Body LLC Mindset Coaching and Counseling can help you. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. Again, that's thriveonlinecounseling.com. All right, time for a quick Q&A. So this week, somebody reached out to me on Instagram to ask me a question, and I really just wanted to answer the question here, even though I also answered the individual on Instagram. I figure sometimes the questions that people ask will help many more than just the one individual. So here it goes. My wife showed me your podcast. She has BPD. I've been listening to your podcast and wow, I'm so excited to learn how to show up for her and to learn from your experiences. I have a question. And on your earlier episodes, you have people ask their questions. I'm not sure how to go about asking one for your podcast or if you still take questions or if you've already covered the topic. So you can email me, you can Instagram me, you can DM me, you can, you can go on Spotify, um, the app, and you can send your question in that way. But yes, I still take questions. <laughs> But how do you go about helping your partner with BPD see their episode splitting, reactions, fog, etc. when you've done something to break their trust, big or small, and they've gone into the devaluing their partner phase? I can see a big part of the healing and awareness comes from the support of someone they trust. But if you've ended up in a situation where in those moments or seasons they don't trust you, what can you do? Also, you're helping a lot of people. I'm grateful for your content. So thank you for that. Okay, so my reply was, great question. You can begin by defining your behavior so that your partner understands clearly what your intentions are. If trust was broken, either real or perceived trust, it's important to show up more and to be more present with your partner as well. If you have to leave or you're going to spend time with friends, for example, and it makes your wife nervous, be sure to define your behavior. Tell her where you're going and what you're doing. Offer that reassurance. Be willing to do that, especially if trust was broken and there was something that, you know, an action that you took to do that. And when your partner with BPD is devaluing you, be sure not to accept everything that that individual thinks and feels about you as the truth in those moments because they can't see who you really are. All they can see is that sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze. They feel that, that pain, and they start focusing on the emotion and how they're feeling in the moment, right? So essentially, without wise mind, wise mind is the balance between emotion and logic. They will go into simply emotion mind. So they're actually not thinking, they're only feeling. So it's important not to validate things that aren't valid. You could say nothing. You can gently reassure your person who you are and what your character is and really wait until that episode comes down, encouraging them to use skills, right? So you can say things like, it makes me feel sad when you act this way. It makes me feel upset that you don't see me, that you don't know who I am. I would never do that to you. Or I did do this to you, and here are the things I'm going to do to repair the relationship. Remember that every emotion will fade. So if your person with BPD, your partner with BPD, your wife, if they need space, it's only going to be for a short while for the most part. If you're in a relationship with that individual, sometimes splitting can last forever. And that is a very scary thing. It means that the person with BPD ended the relationship and they've moved on. But in this particular case, it sounds like when you're in a committed relationship, that individual could really help you and you could really help them if you're willing to rebuild that trust by describing and defining your character, who you are, who you're trying to be 
and why you behave the way that you behave. So be sure to define your intentions, and I will see you guys next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful.